so I'm guessing that most of you have probably been fairly busy today and in the days and weeks leading up to today. So what I want to do is I want to give you a moment right now to slow things down. I want to give you a chance to simply breathe. So let's all do that together. Just breathe in, breathe out. And as you do this, I just want to say from my family to yours, Merry Christmas. I pray all of God's best for you in the year ahead and that you will experience Jesus in a new and fresh way this Christmas than you ever have before. And what I wanna do for the next few minutes is I wanna try and give you a little bit of a gift and just invite you to slow down and enjoy the presence of God and the power of his word. So I'm gonna start today with a quote from the famous theologian, Dr. Seuss, who said, sometimes you don't know the value of a moment until it becomes a memory. Sometimes you don't know the value of a moment until it becomes a memory. So tonight we're wrapping up a series that we've been going through called Holy Moments. And throughout Advent, we've been looking at various moments from the, Christian, the Christmas story. And tonight I want us to jump into Luke's Gospel, chapter 2. And I'm going to have this text on the screen. But if you're able to, I'm actually going to ask you to stand with me as we read God's Word. We don't always do this, but I thought, what a special night to be able to do this. So in Luke 2, the angel declared to the shepherds and said, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be assigned to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Now, if you were here with us last week, we looked at the shepherds who without any hesitation took off and told everyone with all the passion they had, a savior's been born. The savior has been born and everyone was amazed. And yet there's this little verse in Luke's gospel that's so easy to miss. In Luke 2.19, it says, but Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. Sometimes you don't know the value of a moment until it becomes a memory. So the title of tonight's message is The Power of a Memory. So Father, we just ask now that as we look back and celebrate this special moment, that you would reveal yourself to us and the true power of the gospel and help us embrace your love this Christmas. It's in the name of your son, Jesus, we pray. And everybody said, amen. So you can be seated, and as you sit back down, turn to someone next to you, high-five them, say, get ready for the power. <laughs> the power of a memory. So scripture says, but Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart, which raises a question. What do you think Mary thought about? If everybody else was excited, but she slowed down for a moment and pondered and thought and treasured, well, what did she ponder? What did she think? What was it that she was treasuring? Well, I'm gonna tell you what I think she thought. And this isn't just an accidental guess. I actually went to seminary to become a master of divinity, which isn't as impressive as it sounds. It just means that I'm gonna do my best to give you a very biblical opinion of what I think she thought. That's all that means. But I can almost guarantee 
that Mary thought some version of these three different things that she reflected and pondered. I can almost promise you that she thought about God's promises from the past. And then I'm sure she thought about God's peace in the present. And she likely thought about God's power for the future. So I want to unpack these as Mary pondered and treasured these in her heart. And I'm almost certain that at some point in some way that she would have thought about God's promises from the past because she had just given birth to a baby in a barn next to farm animals with no medicine. Now, there are a few things more memorable than giving birth, which admittedly is a risky thing for me to say since I've never given birth. But I was there witnessing it twice, which simply meant that I was praying not to say anything I'd regret later and praying for help the whole time. But if you could imagine the chaos of giving birth in a barn, and finally things slow down enough for Mary to catch her breath, and I'm guessing she probably thought to herself in that silent moment as things finally settled down, I'm glad those shepherds have finally left, <laughs> right? And she took a moment like this, and I want to give you a moment tonight to ponder, to think, reflect on God's goodness. And I'm guessing at some point while holding her baby, she probably thought, wait a minute, where are we right now? oh, right, we're in Bethlehem for that dumb census. But then she probably remembered, wait, 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 there's a prophecy, that 700-year-old prophecy in the book of Micah that said, but you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel. And it probably dawned on her, oh, we're in Bethlehem. And it was prophesied 700 years before that the Savior, the ruler of the world, would be born in Bethlehem. And she might have remembered how frustrated she was when Joseph came home, probably late from work, saying, hey, so Caesar wants us to go to Bethlehem. And she's probably thinking, like, to heck we are. Like, I'm nine months pregnant. And of course we know she said, to heck we are. She's the Virgin Mary. But she's probably thinking, like, we're not doing that. I can only imagine that she thought, this isn't fair. There's no way being nine months pregnant, I can go all the way on this journey. God, you can't be asking me to do this right now. I'm sure she thought some version of that because if you knew how tense the, intense the journey was, you would think the same thing. Here's a picture of the journey that they would have had to go on from Nazareth down to Bethlehem. It's about a hundred miles long around mountains and all the way th down through the valley, a hundred miles while nine months pregnant, a 10-day, 10-night journey on unpaved roads with no McDonald's, no Swish LA, not even a Starbucks to stop at. Like, can you even just imagine for us what it would be like sleeping outside tonight? Like they would have had to make temporary shelters in the sides of the mountain, bundle up night after night, the whole time being exposed to criminals and bandits and thieves and vulnerable to wild animals like lions and tigers and bears. Oh my, not lions, but <laughs> bears, yes. Or lions, yes, not tigers. But you can also, you can almost imagine her sitting there saying, Bethlehem? You, like we're in Bethlehem? But then it dawning on her, God's promises from the past. And suddenly she's like, oh, God took us to Bethlehem. He did this to fulfill his promise. And then maybe she thought, Again, wait, 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 there's more. 
There's also Isaiah, also seven centuries prior to that moment, who prophesied that the Lord himself will give you the sign. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She'll give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And as she's holding Emmanuel and looking down, she probably thought, God is with me now. God has been with us every moment and every step of the way. And she stopped and she pondered. And I wanna give you the chance to do that as well, to just take a moment to reflect, to see if you can't see all the different ways that God has been at work and he has been faithful to you, fulfilling his promises, even in ways you didn't understand or perhaps in ways you didn't even like. And she probably thought he's always been with us. So she pondered and I'm guessing, and I'm almost certain in some form or fashion, she pondered God's promises from the past. And then I'm guessing in some form or fashion, she pondered God's peace in the present. She treasured these things up. And I'm guessing she might've looked over at Joseph and maybe she saw him in a different light. And she thought to herself, my goodness, this man stood by me when he could have so easily walked away and not believe the story that this child that was within me was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And maybe she just took a moment and looked at Joseph as he's admiring Emmanuel. And she just saw him in a different light and she had this peace. Or maybe she'd been worried about money because, well, he was only a carpenter and well, they didn't bring in a whole lot of money. And then it dawned on her, wait a minute, the wise men were here. And what are the three gifts that the wise men brought? They, what did they bring? Frankincense and spices, myrrh and gold. That's right. The wise men brought frankincense, myrrh and gold. And suddenly she realizes, wow, God has been providing for me miraculously this whole time. Even when we're on this journey to come to Bethlehem, these wise men found us. God has been providing for us. And in the moment she looks down and in the middle of all this chaos and the questions and the turmoil, she experiences this supernatural peace that goes beyond her ability to even understand. And she probably thought some version of like, man, I never would have chosen this journey and it's not what I wanted, but God has always been faithful and I can experience his peace right now. So this week, I thought, well, if I'm gonna preach on this, I need to do some pondering and reflecting and thinking. And I thought through some events in my own life, and I'll share a couple of them so that maybe it will help you see God's work in your life. And on New Year's, bringing in 2007, while I was three sheets to the wind, I had an encounter with Jesus. And he opened my eyes to the life I had been living and the truth of God's love completely transformed my life. The old sinfulness was gone. And I'm telling you, I became a new person. I was completely different. I had gone overboard for Jesus and my life was forever changed. And that summer I met my wife, Amanda, when someone invited me to come to a young adults party at one of my ex's house. And I ended up moving to BC where we ended up going to school together and we fell in love with Jesus and we fell in love with each other. And then I proposed to her and our lives were completely changed as we served Jesus together. 
And a little over six years ago, we had this crazy idea to start a new kind of church in Binbrook over at the gym of the United Church. And then a year ago, we, we moved here to Knox Presbyterian on Sunday mornings at nine. And God has been continuing to help us grow and develop and reach people with his love and to help people take their next step toward Jesus. Because that's what God did in my heart that New Year's Eve is that I, even though I was so far from him, he simply turned me around toward him. And I started taking step after step after step. And that's my invitation to you is that no matter where you are on this journey with Jesus, he invites you to turn toward him and start taking that next step. And none of this would have happened without God. And as I pondered this and I thought about all the ways that God has been with us, even in the things that I didn't understand and even in the things that I didn't want, I saw his faithfulness. And maybe if you take some time, a moment to slow down and ponder or even look back with a different perspective, I'm praying that you might just see the presence of God in a way that you never have before. Now, I wish I could end the message right there. And I'm sure some of you do too. <laughs> because I think she can, <laughs> but I can't because I think she continued to reflect. I think she probably thought about God's promises from the past, his peace in the present. And I'm thinking in some ways that while she had the son of God in her arms, she had to be thinking about God's power in the future. Because if you don't know what happened, she and Joseph took the baby Jesus to the temple to be dedicated. And they met a man, a prophet named Simeon. And this prophet took Jesus and lifted him up. And with his arms raised, he praised God. But then this is what the prophet said. The prophet said, this child has been sent as a sign from God, but many will oppose him. And we see that all throughout the gospels. And then the prophet looked at Mary and said this. It's something you'd never want to hear as a parent or as a mother. He looked at this mother who had just given of herself and said yes to God. And he said to her, and a sword will pierce your very soul. And there is no way that Mary could have ever known in that moment that the world's greatest blessing would be her greatest breaking. Because one day, she would stand by the cross and look on as her innocent, sinless son suffered and died on a cross. And even in the middle of her pain, when you've walked with God like Mary and when you know God like Mary knew God, when you've seen his faithfulness in the past, you've known his peace in the present, you realize you're able to say, I can trust him with the future. He's always been faithful in my life. And because he's always been faithful and because his promises are always true, I can trust him no matter what. And sure enough, she could trust him because three days later, after she watched him die, her heavenly father, our heavenly father, raised Jesus from the dead. The tomb could not hold him. And when the stone was rolled away, the lamb of God who was slain for the forgiveness of our sins, he was not there. He defeated death, he defeated hell and the power of the grave so that anyone at any moment, no matter what you've done, at any moment when you call upon the name of Jesus, this baby that was born to us, your sins would be forgiven. 
you would be made completely brand new, not because of your good works, but because of the love of our Father and the perfect sacrifice of the Son of God. So I can almost promise you that she sat there reflecting, thinking about the goodness of God. And I want to give you a moment to do that as well, because he's with you. And I mean, he is here now. He is Emmanuel, God with us. So if you're hurting, he's your comforter. If you're afraid right now, he is your help in time of trouble. If you feel weak right now, there's just too much, you're overwhelmed, he is your perfect strength. In your weakness, his strength is made perfect. If you've lost a relationship, you feel rejected, he is the friend that will never ever leave you. If you feel financially strapped, he's your provider. He always comes through. And if you're sick, we believe that by the stripes of Jesus, you can be healed. And no matter where you are, no matter what you've done, he's your heavenly father who loves you perfectly in every way. There's nothing you can do that makes him love you any more, and there's nothing you can do that will make him love you any less. And what I want you to know right now, Emmanuel, he is with you. Ponder it, embrace it, savor it in this moment. Emmanuel, God with us. Because sometimes you never know the value of a moment until it becomes a memory. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, right now I ask that by the power of your Holy Spirit, you would do what only you can do. God, this Christmas and right now in this moment, help us to become aware of your presence and your goodness and help us know you even better. Father, I pray right now that according to your promises, that wherever two or three are gathered in your name, that we'd be aware that you are with us. And God, in the busyness of the days to come, would you just give us the courage to take a few moments to open up your word, to open up our hearts, to see your goodness and to see your presence. God, for those that are hurting right now, would you just open up heaven and give them peace? Give them a peace, God, that goes beyond their human ability to understand. Help us to know your goodness, that you're always with us. Reveal yourself to us in this moment. And as you keep praying, there may be some of you that would just say, I'm not really sure where I stand with God. I, I don't know if he's with me or not. Well, I wanna help you understand that this could be one of the most important moments of your life. People say that Jesus is the reason for the season and in so many ways he is. But I also want you to understand that you're the reason for the season too. Meaning that God loved you so much that you were on his mind when he sent his son Jesus, who was born of a virgin, meaning Jesus didn't inherit the sin nature of an earthly father, but the spiritual nature of a heavenly father. He was God in the flesh, and that's why he could live without sin, and that's why he could be the perfect sacrifice for the forgiveness of our sins. And perhaps that's why you're here today. It's not an accident, it's not a coincidence. Life has been pointing toward this moment for you to recognize that God loves you. He cares about you and he's reaching out to you. So what do you do? Well, kind of like Mary, you just stop and you ponder. What's life like without him? 
full of sin and brokenness. But when you invite him in, you just step away from that old life. You say yes to Jesus, yes to his love. And when you call out to him, scripture says he will forgive every sin. You'll become brand new. The old is gone and he transforms you into a new you. So if you recognize that you need his love, decide in this moment to step away from the old life. Say yes to the grace of Jesus and become a follower of Jesus. You're not joining a church or joining a religion or trying to do a good work. You're just joining the journey of following Jesus. Do you need him? Are you ready to be changed? Are you hurting? Do you need healing? Are you broken and need wholeness? If this is you, with no one looking around, would you just raise your hand and just say, yes, Jesus, I need your grace. I need your forgiveness. I need your mercy. Thank you, God, for your goodness. Friends, give your life to Jesus this Christmas. He is here. He is with you. He is for you, and he loves you. So now let's just take a moment together as angels in heaven rejoice. Let's all pray this out loud together. Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sins. Jesus, be my savior. Fill me with your spirit so I can know you and live for you and serve you and follow you for the rest of my life. My life is not my own. I give it all to you this Christmas. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This is the power of a moment.